The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back for me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season four of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right, no co-host to rein me in, just me, myself, and the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome, everyone, to the MMQB Gambling Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jimmy Traina, and it's, uh, I was going to say, good to be back. We're all back in the studio, but no, Gary Grambling is Skyping in this week, as I had done the past two weeks. Gary Grambling, Mitch Goldich, my partner's here, back for the first pod of uh, 2020. Well, I guess it's the second pod, but divisional round now. We're ready to go. How did uh, the fellas do on their best bets wildcard weekend, Mitch? Not the best week for me. I was feeling very good. I nailed the, uh, I told you guys, Titans money line. I felt good about it. So I, I was looking good on Saturday. My Sunday didn't go so well. Uh, so on the our official best bets for this podcast, I was two and three. So two not three. not a great week. How did you, you pulled five games, five bets out of four games last week? I did. I don't know. I was yeah. I was feeling it. I was on one. Gary, the best bets. How they treat you in wild card uh, weekend? And not not well. Uh, one and two. Huh. Uh, I mean, really, the Bills are what are what swung it. The Bills. The Bills had to play to win. Right. Bills had to play to not kick field goals, and they they would have uh, breezed through Houston and into the uh, conference semifinals here. But um, fourth and twenty seven, still trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, Gary, the yeah. big one, you and me, we were both wrong on the uh, Viking Saints over. And if that had hit the over, you and I both would have been over five hundred last week. Yeah. So that was the one for, if, for if, the if, group. If, that if, was if, on. If, yeah, if, if, whatever. If, yeah. Yeah, but that it, one that that the, I mean the Bills did to the Texans exactly what 
I thought they were going to do to them, except they just decided, like, eh, let's just kick some field goals, guys. And you liked the over in that game. That was one of your best bets, I think, with me. No, no, I, I had the under in. Uh, I mean, the, I meant the under. I meant the under. Hit the, the under on uh, on on Eagles Seahawks. Oh, okay. Because I, I was one and one with best bets. I had the under in the Bills, uh, Texans game, and then I had the over in the uh, Seattle, Philly game. Thanks, uh, Jadavian Clowney, for <laughs> pulling a Jimmy Snook off the top of the cage and headbutting Carson Wentz, and then putting him out, and then. I couldn't score because the quarterback for the Eagles was 75 years old. Yeah, ma- right. many of us were upset by that. Jimmy. I mean, I, I got to have, yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, I got everyone just praising Josh McNown like crazy. Well, he can't score to save his life. So, whatever. And then you're over, just goes kaplooey, just like that. So, I was one and one. At least I, I did better than you two, though, at least 500. Yeah, so. well, you were a coward. Two exactly. Yeah. I did, and I, I'll tell you this I don't like any of these games this week with the lines or the totals, but um, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Great intro. Let's yeah. do it. I don't know. I usually <laughs> love betting the playoffs. I find these very hard this year. Uh, this week, too, I find very difficult. But let's uh, let's break it down for the people here. Divisional round, Saturday, 435 NBC. Vikings, with the huge upset at New Orleans last week, go into San Francisco. The Niners are a seven-point favorite. The total here is 44-and-a-half, Gary. Yeah, you know, I, I actually, I was I really liked that total when it came out. I think it was like 46, 46 and a half in some places when it opened. And uh, it's just sunk just a little bit low enough that I don't think I'm going to touch it. I, I really think both of these defenses just sort of match up really well against the opposing offenses. I do think this is going to be a, uh, just a defensive battle here. And uh, uh, I mean, look, I... I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings stole this game. Uh, I do think they'll keep it close. I'm going to lean Minnesota here, uh, even though I do think the 49ers are the best team in football. I think it's another it's another case this week of the two best teams in the NFC playoffs going uh, going at each other, and and then the the lesser two teams in the undercard. But uh, they will move on too. But um, I'm really intrigued by that under 44 and a half is a little too low for me, but. Uh, I think the Vikings stick around. I think this is a one-possession game. Yeah, well, one thing to keep an eye on, I should have mentioned this, is a weird, uh, on, on Wednesday, Adam Thielen had some sort of ankle cut, and he has stitches. So, uh, you know, if you want to bet the Vikings, bet the over, keep monitoring that uh, right up until Sunday. Mitch? Yeah, I uh, that was so I, I like the Vikings a lot, um, and Gary, I'm with you on them. I actually I feel good enough. This is going to be one of my best bets to take them plus seven. And you said they could steal one. I actually picked it. I, you know, I don't know how. I don't feel as good about this one as I did on the uh, the Titans Patriots game, which I was very confident about last week. Um, but I uh, I could definitely see this. So I like them keeping it within seven. Uh, happy to take them here. Um, like Jim Jimmy, like you said, I'm a little worried about them. Um, feeling you know you waited all the whole second half of the season for him to get healthy he finally gets healthy has a huge game and now he's got stitches in his ankle uh Stefan Diggs missed uh, at least one maybe two days of practice with an illness um but I think coming out of that last game you've got to feel great about what you saw from Dalvin Cook I know everyone wants to talk about Kirk Cousins but I think really the biggest question mark for them on offense was how healthy is Dalvin Cook and from what you saw last week you've got to feel really good about him moving forward um you know, the Vikings are also, they're still banged up in the defensive, uh, in the secondary and defensive backfield there. And, you know, I, li- I like the Niners and I think Jimmy G's done a great job. But I do think if you're looking at which quarterbacks are going to take advantage of injured players and backups in the secondary, 
I don't want to offend any Jimmy G stands out there, but he's not your top choice for the guy who's going to like pinpoint deep passes. Like I think I'd be more worried a bit against guys like Rodgers and Breeze even. Um, you know, but I, I like these teams. I think it's going to be a fun game where both teams really want to run the ball. Um, a lot of it might come down to how healthy the Niners are on defense. Uh, we've talked about them. Their defense was amazing the first half of the season. Now it looks like Quan Alexander is going to be back. It looks like D Ford's going to be back. That makes a huge difference. But I just think this is going to be a close game in the 20s. Um, you know, you look at what the Vikings did last week against, I thought the Saints were the best team in the NFC, and then I know it took overtime and it was a close game, but I was really impressed by what I saw. So for me, seeing the Vikings plus seven, it's a pretty easy call. I like them to cover. I like the Niners. Um, a couple of things. I, I, I don't... I think people are on the Vikings because of one game, because they went into New Orleans, obviously, won that game. If you remember the last real game the Vikings played in the regular season, they they couldn't score against the Packers, couldn't do anything. It was a, it was a really bad loss for them. I don't want... Now, listen, Dalvin Cook back. Dalvin Cook looked amazing uh, against the Saints. They also didn't have Madison that game. That was right. the Mike Boone Fantasy Championship waiver wire special game. But I think going on the road... To New Orleans and then San Francisco back-to-back is a very, very tall order. Niners have it in the uh, week of rest to get their defensive players healthy, like Mitch said. I just I don't think the Vikings are as good as last week. I think last week was more about the Saints almost than the Vikings. And um, if Phelan is slowed down at all, that's going to be a big problem for the Vikings as well. I think the Niners will be able to slow down Dalvin Cook enough where they pull out the win, and I and I do think seven is a little high, but I feel like there's just there's an everyone's on the Vikings now because of that win, so I, I'll go the other way just based on just based on that. I just want to say I disagree a little. I've liked the Vikings, and I feel like I've talked about them a bunch this year that they've been an underrated team. Yeah, and. I, I'm not picking them just because of what we saw last week. I actually think of that Packers game as kind of the anomaly. Um, that was the end. They were banged up, didn't have Cook. Yeah. I think if you look at what they've done, they've been a, a good underrated team all year. And so I just I don't think that I'm right. overreacting to last week's game. And also the Niners, I mean, they're they're a really good team. We know that. But some of their more impressive wins, especially down the stretch, they beat the Saints by two. They beat the Rams by three. They beat the Seahawks by five, barely, at the end of right. the game. So they have not been, like, you look over Baltimore and Kansas City, they're blowing teams out, winning by double digits. The Niners right. haven't really been well, that, I, that team. Like, this line should really be five, five and a half. The fact that it's seven, it makes me think Vegas knows something, Gary. Well, I'll no, I, I just sort of jumped on what Mitch said. Um, I will say, when you look at the Vikings and the teams that have really uh, just caused that Vikings offense to melt down, it's teams that can pressure the quarterback without blitzing. Teams that have really good front fours, can, that's what the Packers did to the Vikings twice. That's what the Bears did to the Vikings. Um, I mean, look, the 49ers are absolutely capable of doing that. Um, the, the question is, I mean, look... It's a fairly predictable defense on the back end, relatively predictable defense on the back end. Uh, can can the Vikings dial some stuff up and and uh, and take advantage of that? And then on the other side of the ball, uh, 49ers tend to score on teams because they can't tackle, and the Vikings tackle really well. So right. um, I'm sort of I'm with you and against you simultaneously, Mitch. <laughs> I will lean Vikings with you, but I won't best bet with you. You lean Mitch. That's what I, I yeah, get from that. That's, that's right. I got a Mitch pin on. <laughs> All right, Saturday night concludes with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at home giving nine and a half points to the Titans coming off the big win in New England and maybe 
putting a nail in the Patriot dynasty. Total is 47 here, 8.15 CBS Saturday night. Ravens minus 9.5, Titans uh, against the Titans, total 47, Mitch. So, Jimmy, I want to agree with something you said right off the top when you said you basically hate all the games and hate the lines. I feel the way about both AFC games this week where we've got the two teams that most people have thought have been the best teams in the AFC for a while. I know you know the Patriots started the season hot and faded. But anyway, two great teams who had first-round buys, uh, time to rest up and get healthy, and now spreads are 9.5, 10 points, whatever, um, going against two teams that won last week. These are both, I think, just really tough games to pick. Um, for the Ravens, I have concerns about Mark Ingram. I know that he practiced today. I just think he's been such an important part of what they've done all season. Yeah, it and, doesn't sound good. You know, it's a calf injury, and a lot of times those guys think they're well enough to play, and they'll come back and re-injure it in the in the first quarter, or they'll play, and they're just not the same. That does worry me. I I, I don't know that he's gotten it. Listen, Lamar's been incredible, deserves the MVP, first-team All-Pro, everything. But I don't know that Ingram's quite gotten the credit he deserves for the season he had and how much he means to them. Um, I do like the Titans. Again, I liked them before last week. I think it's a good team. I think they sort of, they, they strike me as a team that can have that efficient offense and run the ball a lot and try to have long possessions and sort of stretch stretch the game out so neither team has a ton of possessions and they keep it kind of a low-scoring game, uh, which you would think would make it harder for the Ravens to run away from them and win by double digits. And they feel like a team well-equipped to play that kind of style for 60 minutes. Um Part of it's, I mean, I guess it's hard. I think subconsciously I want to see a close game, and I feel this way about both AFC games where it's it's tempting to pick the underdog because I have visions of just an exciting playoff weekend and a couple of close games that come down to the end, and you don't necessarily want to think about these games being double-digit uh, point spreads. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean they can't be exciting games, even if they are and they come down to the end and then the Ravens pull it out. Um, but... I think the Ravens are just so good. We've talked about it. There was a stretch in the middle of the year where we were all just kind of picking the Ravens every week without even thinking too much about it. And there's probably some recency bias where we just saw the Titans do what they did in New England. We haven't seen the Ravens in a while. They had a bye week. They rested their starters in week 17 and still they're fake punting and covering the spread against the Steelers, which Jimmy saw coming and I didn't. Um, And I think sometimes you just take a step back and remember how good the Ravens were all year and how many games they won so easily. Um, it it's probably a stay away just because the spread is so big. But if I have to pick, I'm going to lean Ravens. Gary, yeah, I, I, you know, I think similarly as Mitch here on this one. Although I'll I'll lean Titans a little bit just because I will kind of say you know two quality teams in January here. Uh, I will just assume it's going to be a close game. Uh, even though I mean, look, no one's going to be surprised if the Ravens get out 28 to three or something like that in the second quarter, and then it, it just uh, it never gets close. Um, I am really interested in this in this total at 47. I think I'm going to go over on it. I, I think I'm going to best bet it as, as over. Um, I was looking at a stat. Uh, the, you know, we think the Titans. You know, even before Derrick Henry, I mean, it, you know, it, they've always just been sort of a conservative, uh, you know, run heavy team. Uh, last 20 times they have faced an opponent who averages 150 or more rushing yards per game. The total has gone over in 16 of those 20 games. So I do wonder if some people are looking at uh, run-heavy team versus run-heavy team and saying, uh, you know, th- this one can't get to 50 points. Uh, I think it can, and I, I think I'm going to take that uh, that over 47. Just took every word out of my mouth. I have nothing left to say. You just said everything <laughs> I was going to say. I don't like the side here. I think 9.5 is a high line for 
a playoff game here. And, uh, you know, I believe in Tennessee here. Um, so I, I wouldn't lay the nine and a half. Not going to say I'd bet best bet Tennessee, but I do like that over. I think, listen, the Ravens were the top offense uh, in the NFL all season, scoring over 30 points a game. Titans, I was surprised when I looked this up. They were, you know, they were at 25 points a game, the Titans. And that includes the first five, six weeks with Mariota doing nothing. And once Tannehill took over, their offensive numbers obviously went up. The one concern with the over here is Gary, you know, sort of touched on here. You have two teams that are going to run a lot. Derrick Henry is going to get his 20, 25 carries. Lamar Jackson runs the ball. Clock is going to constantly be moving, which when you bet an over is, uh, you know, not good for the blood pressure. But... <laughs> Uh, I, I I don't see the scoring being slowed down here. I think you're going to see scoring. Um, and I love the fact that the Titans only scored 13, uh, 14 last week against the Patriots. Yeah. I think that means, um, you know, they're going to work on their offense. And the, 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 the Patriot, uh, you know, the, the Patriots were able to slow down the Titans a little bit. I don't think the Ravens will slow them down as much. So I like the over there. Uh, as well as Gary, I don't have a lean on this side. Jimmy, uh, I'm excited mm. for the uh, our XFL gambling pod. They have the running clock the whole game, so we're going to be talking all kinds of be a, new info. There'll be a different host for that podcast, I can assure you. <laughs> One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. Big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue Here, There, and Everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless, from the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic, I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back for me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. In the final months of World War II, the Nazis began using a rocket-powered bomb. It travelled faster than the speed of sound, which meant you couldn't hear it coming. And it was a cruel, spiteful weapon. Technologically, it was a miracle. But economically and militarily, the V-2 rocket was a total disaster. How did it come into existence? Why were so many of the people it hurt not the people you might expect? And what lessons can we glean from this catastrophic mega-project even today? Join me, Tim Harford, host of the Cautionary Tales podcast for my gripping mini-series on the Nazi V-2 rocket, available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there, and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless, from the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic, I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. 
that leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From at and one with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back for me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all you 20-somethings out there. Are you tired of pretending like you have it all figured out? Well, guess what? You're not alone. Get ready to embrace the chaos with the premiere of the fourth season of Crying in Public. Join me, your host, Sydney Winter, as I take the mic solo for the very first time. I'm here to share the good, the bad, and the downright awkward of navigating this crazy thing we call girlhood. Consider this your go-to guide for surviving your 20s with style and grace. Well, for the most part. From dissecting mysteries of modern dating to surviving and thriving in a daily grind of adulting, crying in public covers it all and then some. So grab your headphones, we're about to get real, raw, and a little ridiculous. And let's face it, life's too short to pretend like we've got it all together. It's time to embrace the chaos. So don't miss out on the laughs, the tears, and the inevitable existential crisis. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man. It's called Mal Evans. He's on road. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless, from the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic. I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back from me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. In the final months of World War II, the Nazis began using a rocket-powered bomb. It travelled faster than the speed of sound, which meant you couldn't hear it coming. And it was a cruel, spiteful weapon. Technologically, it was a miracle. But economically and militarily, the V-2 rocket was a total disaster. How did it come into existence? Why were so many of the people it hurt not the people you might expect? And what lessons can we glean from this catastrophic mega-project even today? Join me, Tim Harford, host of the Cautionary Tales podcast for my gripping mini-series on the Nazi V-2 rocket, available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Sunday, 3.05 CBS. The Chiefs, this is the team I'm rooting for to win the Super Bowl. Let Andy Reid get his ring already. They're giving nine and a half points to the Texans. The total is big here, highest one of the weekend, 51. Gary. 
Yeah, I, I do really like the Chiefs here. Again, I'll, I'll keep on riding it. They are, when they have their full lineup intact, that's that's Mahomes, it's Tyreek Hill, that's the offensive line. Uh, they're 7-0 and straight up against the spread, uh, excuse me, straight up and against the spread. Uh, they have a point differential of plus 16 in those games. So they are, they are, I mean, no one's really playing that close to them. Chargers in Week 17 were probably the team that were most competitive with them, and that was still a 10-point win. Um, I know these teams met that met back in October. Uh, everyone points to the Mahomes dislocated knee. We all remember that injury. I think a lot of people forgot that Mahomes was basically playing on one foot early on because of a severe ankle injury. Um, so he was playing on one foot in that game. They had just gotten Tyreek Hill back. Tyreek Hill only played about half the snaps in that game. Uh, they had no Eric Fisher. That was also the game with that really weird... Um, it turned on that really weird uh, pass interference call that they flagged, and it, it probably technically was holding instead of pass interference, but uh, uh, they just decided to uh, just not call anything, which was uh, an interesting decision after they clearly had consulted with New York, and New York told them something incorrect. And by the way, it is Sean Hockley doing this game just like he did back when it was uh, Houston-Kansas City um, back in the regular season. But... Uh, you know, this Chiefs run defense has been totally different. That's how the Texans beat them last time. They, they had almost 200 yards on the ground. Really, the only team that has run on the Chiefs since that game back in Week 6 was the Titans. Uh, the Texans do not have the type of type of rushing attack that the, that the Titans have. But I think more than anything, and again, I, I will never let go of that Bills loss last week. But uh, if there's anything you can learn from that game, it's don't let Deshaun Watson hang around. Right. The Bills could have put 30-something points up in that game. They chose not to. They got super conservative. Now, the Chiefs against this Texans defense, they can basically name their number. Just go out and score 40 points. Be up, just like when the Broncos blew out the Texans in Houston or, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they just went out and put up like 38 points in the first half. Deshaun Watson's not going to put up 38 in the second half. So just score points. Don't, let, don't be like, well, we're up two possessions. Deshaun Watson, can he score two touchdowns in a half of football? I don't know. No, just score a touchdown of points and just blow them out that's how you beat the texans or tackle him when two people are yeah <laughs> converging that also helps. Yeah, that helps yeah mitch um yeah so i uh i, I think i i'm i agree with a lot of what gary said it's just it's very striking to me again how similar these two games are um i think that looking at the titans and texans the two teams that won last week i think the titans should feel better about themselves for what they did. The Texans, I mean, you feel great about Deshaun Watson and how your franchise is set up at the QB position for the next 10 years or whatever. Um, but the rest of the game, it was an exciting win and good for them. But, you know, I, I don't know how much confidence you really have in the whole team outside of Deshaun Watson coming out of that as much as I love Watson. Um, Buffalo held the Texans to 19 points in regulation. Mm -hmm. And we've talked a lot about how good Buffalo's defense is. The Chiefs' defense has gotten much better. Um, probably not as good as Buffalo's, but they're really good. But really, you know, they only have to hold the Texans to 23 or 24 to win this game because we know the Chiefs are going to score points. So the question, can they cover, it's really, you know, are they going to either hold Houston to 17 or is Kansas City going to score 31-34 since you'd figure that's what it's going to take. Um, and it seems like either of those are possible. Um, you know, like I, there, there are multiple ways that they could win this game. They could win by holding the Texans down or by just outscoring them and, and putting a ton of points up. 
I was a little surprised to see the Chiefs were only five and three at home this year, um, and better on the road. They that strikes me as one of those places where they would have a home field advantage, and that crowd being in a frenzy. Um, and I just feel like they're going to cook up something special for this game. Um, Gary, you talked a little about Bill O'Brien and uh, leaving points out there. That's the other thing is I'm, I'm just trying to envision the game. You could see the Texans scoring 13 or 16 or something because there are, again, first-half possessions where it's fourth and short and he kicks a field goal and he <laughs> needs to be going for touchdowns the whole game. But you could easily see that where where Bill O'Brien is too conservative and he takes the points or he decides to punt and then, oh, fourth quarter, oh, turns out we didn't have enough points and I guess we needed to outscore him. Like, that's the playbook. And the Ravens showed us that really early in the season, that game against the Chiefs when they when Harbaugh came out and was like, we're going to go for every fourth down, we're going to go for two-point conversions, we're going to be aggressive, that's what you have to do. I don't think the Texans are going to do that. Um, so, you know, I... Uh, it's it's tough. I almost feel like if I pick both of these favorites to cover and win by double digits, I'll get one of them. And uh, uh, and you're trying to figure out which one. Uh, but I, I you know I, I lean Kansas City. I don't think this is going to be a best bet. Um, I will say though, I actually I do kind of like the under here. I know I've talked about both offenses, but uh, it just feels like 51 might be a little high. I know the Chiefs could put up 35 themselves, but it feels like they haven't been over that 51 number in too many games, and especially since their defense has been playing better. Um, like I could just see it being 28-16 or something again with a bunch of field goals from the Texans and not enough touchdowns. So I'm probably going to stay away from this game completely. But I lean Chiefs, and I, I'm kind of interested in that under. I like the Chiefs here a lot for a ton of reasons. Um, I've said on this podcast every single week for the last, I don't know, couple of months that the Chief, I don't know how it happened or when exactly it happened, but the Chief defense stopped being a joke and it stopped being a liability. So if you're one of the people referencing back to the Texans' win over the Chiefs earlier in the regular season, the Chief defense was not then what it is now. It's a Big and big improvement. And, you know, Mitchell, you mentioned the stat about the Chiefs being 5-3 and three at home. I, I'd love to know how many of those losses came, you know, I, I in the first maybe eight weeks. Because they once that defense tightened up, the Chiefs went to another level. The Texans should have lost last week against the Bills, in my opinion. I said on this podcast earlier in the year a bunch of times, and then he improved and I shut up, that Josh Allen was a terrible quarterback. Josh Allen was a terrible quarterback. I'm talking about completing passes. I mean, the guy, the, the the Texans are in up for a rude awakening this week, going from Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, a rude awakening. So <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is just Josh Allen without all the crazy mistakes. It, it's and it, I'm not even talking about the mis- the lateral and the the taking 58 sacks in a row. When I'm talking about like just trying to complete basic passes, it's an adventure with him. Mahomes is that is not going to be the case here, and. Gary, I think you've mentioned this on the pod, I think, last week and maybe other times throughout the year. It's a really, really weird thing, but it seems to be real. The Texas offense, when Will Fuller doesn't play, just slows yeah. down. It's And his status, I guess, is still up in the air as of Thursday. Do you know anything about that? It's questionable, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something that even if he plays, I yeah. I can't think he's one hundred percent. It's it's another you know it's another lower body soft tissue injury with him. It's a weird quirky thing, but you've said it before. When he's not there, you know, I guess teams just double and triple DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, it just limits what the Texans can do offensively. So, for all those reasons, and you know, again, Patrick Mahomes, I like the Chiefs here in in this game, even though it's a big number. All right. Last game, 640 Sunday on Fox. This is, I don't know how you guys feel about it. To me, this is the least intriguing game, and then this is the last game of the weekend. Um, 
It is the Packers at home giving four points to the Seahawks, who uh, had that win in Philly last week to advance. The total here is 46 and a half. Mitch obviously watched every play of the Seahawks win over the Eagles as an Eagle fan, so uh, we'll start with him and uh, see if he was impressed enough with Seattle to take the four points in Lambeau Field. Nice of you acknowledging that I watched the whole thing yeah. and not assuming that I shut the TV off and, and uh, <laughs> cried myself. Oh, I mean, they kept it within a touchdown <laughs> there was, at the yeah, end. It was a fun game, um, despite everything. Yeah, so this, uh, Jimmy, I don't know about your uh, call that this is the least interesting or fun game of the weekend. I just Every Seahawks game is so weird, and it's sometimes you can't well, turn your true. eyes away. Right. These, even these two teams in particular against each other, their playoff history. I just feel like any Seahawks playoff game is going to make no sense and, and go off the rails to crazy town. Um, it's, it's also, this is, I think, the only game of the weekend where weather will be a real factor because uh, no precipitation, but I think it's just going to be freezing cold in Lambeau, and it's the yeah. second game, so it's going to be at night after dark. Um, I don't know why I said night after dark. Those two things, you can assume <laughs> that. Um, but it, I just think it's going to be freezing cold, and it's going to be interesting to see how well the offenses move the ball and how interested the defenses are in tackling uh, in some of that weather because it's going to hurt. Um, so... Two teams where I think we've looked at them all year and wondered how they got to the record that they have. And I know Gary has been hammering me all season with Seahawks stuff. It's very funny. I I was pro-Seahawks and pro-Vikings all season. And then last week I abandoned both of them and was burnt. Um, But I just like them and I I don't care. I know that the numbers say they aren't as good as they've been. And I know there are all kinds of trends that uh, they're going to regress and can't keep it up. And there are point differential and all that thing. But... I, I just like them. Um, they find ways to win these games. It's very interesting. So now they're down to their fourth and fifth running backs, basically, and Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch. And it's funny because it feels like so much of the criticism for Pete Carroll is that he just wants to run and run and run, and everyone else on earth wants him to turn loose Russell Wilson and throw the ball and improvise and run the offense that way. And you wonder if maybe now they're forced to do that and it actually kind of works out for them. I like Chris Carson. I'm sure they would rather have their top three running backs, but maybe now they put the game in Russell Wilson's hands a little bit. Um, I do like the Packers and their defense has gotten better. I know they made some upgrades this offseason that have worked out, but I just think defending Russell Wilson when he's improvising and extending the play is one of the toughest things to do in the NFL. And as much as I respect what the Packers have done, I just I believe in the Seahawks' ability to keep it close. This is one to me where I think the line is off. If this line was two and a half points, it would be a much, much tougher decision for me. But Seattle, they don't even have to win. They just have to cover four points. Those numbers, three and four, are so big that I definitely love Seattle plus four. Uh, they're a team they went... Four and four. We always talk about the Seahawks' home field advantage. They were four and four at home, seven and one. Now eight and one on the road with the playoff win. I saw the stat. They went six and zero oh in the Eastern Time Zone. So this is a team. They just they don't care where they play or what time. Now they're in the Central Time Zone with a five thirty local time kickoff in the cold weather. And I just think. You know, again, if it was two, one and a half, whatever, it would be much tougher. But giving them four points, I I could easily see the Packers winning by three on a field goal at the end. I could just as easily see Seattle doing the same thing. I'm happy to take the points. Gary. Yeah, I'll point out once again, these were the two worst teams in the <laughs> NFC bracket by a, by a pretty wide margin. However, however, I, I will, I will I, well, 
I guess that was already sort of insulting to the Seahawks fans, but um, I've been saying that all year, and the Seahawks keep winning. I will now give the bad news to the Seahawks fans, which is uh, I'm with Mitch. I like Seattle in this one. I I think this one probably comes down to a late field goal, and and to me it's kind of a coin flip type of game. Obviously, you like the Packers a little bit more at home uh, if you're just looking, uh, you know, who's going to win, who's going to lose, but uh, either side giving more than a field goal here. I will uh, I, I will take the Seahawks in that. Um, the Seahawks are, over the last three seasons, 11-2 and two on the road when the total is between 42 and 49 points, and uh, I, I do want to talk about the total just a little bit because uh, I, I like it to a point that I hate it, like I'm suspicious of this total. Uh, I think this total should be in the low 40s. I don't know if people are just looking at the brand name quarterbacks and saying, uh, uh, oh, we're going to see a lot of points here. Um, as Mitch said, uh, Seahawks want to go run, run, run. That's what they've been doing for, for years. I don't know uh, I don't know why it would change this week. Um, they have, uh, they, they've been 21 points or less in for the last five games. The Packers obviously really good defensively this year, not very good offensively. Uh, they only scored 24 points once in the second half of the regular season. Uh, I mean, neither Aaron Rodgers nor Russell Wilson, th- these are not guys who put the ball in danger. Uh, so you're not going to get like those, those you know, the, the, the interception short field touchdown type of things. I think you're going to have long drives when you have points. And I don't think you're going to have a whole lot of points. So, um, yeah, I I, I love the under in this one uh so like i said so much so that i kind of hate it but uh i i think this is this is my biggest best bet of the week i don't know why i need to be here you just did all my work again for me <laughs> second time i have not I, that i love the under in this game i don't think either team is going to score a ton of points i think the packer defense is the you know the packers now the defense is the strong unit they are not the offense and i think uh the seahawks they're going to have a lot of trouble scoring. This is an outdoor night, cold, maybe get some weather. I don't see anyone uh, putting up a ton of points in this game. Like Mitch pointed out, the Seahawks running game is down to fifth and sixth stringers. Um, I, I don't see how this gets near 46 and a half. I, I, you know, Gary said it. And, you know, it's my philosophy sort of with taking the Niners, trying to go the opposite way. I mean, the opposite way here would be to bet the over because there's really I don't know how you make an argument for an over here, but forty six and a half. I don't see it getting close to that. I just don't. Can I tell you guys something? Mm-hmm. I didn't even bring it up. I was saving it for the the last segment. I already also wrote down under forty six and a half in this yeah. game as my best bet. But that's good because if you're listening <laughs> to this, all, yeah. you should bet the over. That's yeah. that's <laughs> we're Wait, for, yeah. Gary Grambling called two yeah. pick sixes in this game. One yeah, for I each say side. That the first ever eighty five to eighty four playoff <laughs> game coming up. Yeah, I mean, listen, and it's we're sitting here. Three of us just saying under, under, under in a game where the quarterbacks are Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. But yeah. so anything can happen. But I, I just, man, this is a tough spot for it. So um, that wraps up the four games here for uh, the divisional round. We will go to the best bets now, and it'll be interesting to see. Mitch somehow squeezed five bets out of four games <laughs> last week. So we have four games again. So we'll see how many games everyone's going to give us. And, uh, Let's get it rolling with you, Mitch. Well, Jimmy, you went. You had the best week last week. We should one make one. you go first. All right, I'll go first. Us. I'll be happy to go first. I have three. I am taking the over 47 in the Tennessee-Baltimore game. I uh, I just think despite the clock constantly moving in this game, you're going to get enough points to get that over. I don't think Lamar is going to be slowed down by the Titans. Uh, Chiefs minus 9.5, laid it all out for you. Uh, this is, a, I think, a the Chief defense being a legitimate 
unit lets uh, the Chiefs cover games pretty easily now because their offense can't be stopped. And uh, the under, 46 and a half Seattle Green Bay. You know, it's a shocker after what we just spent the last five minutes on. So those are my three. All right. Well, now I can go. Yep. I am staying away from the AFC. Uh, but I will give you three bets on the NFC, and again, not a surprise. I like both of the underdogs to cover on the road, so I'll take that Minnesota plus seven in San Francisco and Seattle plus four at Green Bay, paired with I'll also take that under 46.5 in the uh, Seahawks-Packers game, which it sounds like we're all going to best bet. Gary? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go uh, over 47 on Titans-Ravens. I will go Chiefs minus 9.5 versus the Texans on Sunday, and then I will also make it unanimous on that under 46.5 uh, Seahawks-Packers, and I will just enjoy that first game, Vikings-49ers on Saturday. So we have the exact same uh, – first time I think that's happened all year. We have the same best bets. Yeah? You and I. Yeah, all three. Hmm. Cool. All right. Big, big chance for me to climb the standings here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll either be in a very good mood for the conference championship MMQB gambling podcast, or we'll both be pissed off for the 30 we'll, minutes. We'll both be we... blaming each other exactly. for jinxing it. Exactly. All right. So that wraps up this edition of the MMQB gambling podcast. Good luck with the divisional round wagers. We'll see you next week for the uh, title game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Title game. Uh, that's what's next. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're dwindling down. It's sad to see. So enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back from me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season four of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right, no co-host to rein me in, just me, myself, and the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.